Hi, I'm a covert narcissist and working towards being a better person to myself and to others. I've created this podcast because after I was diagnosed with my personality disorder and have accepted the facts, I wanted to learn more about it. I found dozens of books written by or for victims of narcissistic abuse, but I found almost no help for covert narcissists themselves. I understand why that is, of course. Most narcissists will not acknowledge their narcissism or are willing to change. It's always my understanding that covert narcissism is somewhat recent of a discovery and experts are still trying to figure out how to effectively help people diagnosed with a personality disorder. So I decided to use my insights to on the one hand give victims of narcissistic abuse an unfiltered view into my brain and maybe help them heal, but mostly to reach out to other covert narcissists who I'm trying to be less toxic. Welcome back to season three of The Covert Narcissist. And as this podcast's name suggests, this is a podcast about covert narcissism. In Taylor Swift's song, Anti-Hero, a line caused my attention. She sings, Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism. We know that Taylor is a terrific songwriter and most of her songs are based on her personal experience. She also said in The Midnight's Mayhem, and I quote here, We all hate things about ourselves, and it's all of those aspects of the things we dislike and like about ourselves that we have to come to terms with if we're going to be this person. So I like Antihero a lot because I think it's really honest. With that in mind, Let's go down the rabbit hole. Let's assume Taylor Swift did not mean to call herself a covert narcissist for fun, but that she is indeed a covert narcissist. In season three, I want to dedicate each episode to an album by Taylor Swift, scanning her lyrics for covert narcissistic clues. I'm only using the original albums, no re-recordings or bonus tracks from deluxe versions, etc. Of course, all of this has to be taken with a grain of salt, as with any piece of literature, Things are open to interpretation, and what I might see as a clue holds to someone else a completely different meaning. Ready? Let's dive in. And again, so sorry, Taylor. We're continuing with Taylor's second album, Fearless. I know my fellow Swifties love Fearless. I never truly connected to that album. Which is a shame, because I feel her songwriting on this album is so very different, even heartbreaking. In episode one, I talked about how learning about my own quad narcissism made me connect to Taylor on a whole different level, because assuming she is one as well, I can relate to her pain on a different level. And revisiting Fearless, I found almost no signs of quad narcissism at all in her lyrics. Maybe that's why I feel disconnected. Anyway. There's two songs that do indeed teach us a little bit about covert narcissism. Let's take a look at covert narcissistic relationships. I like to divide their love story into four phases. Phase one is the honeymoon phase. Covert narcissists will make you feel like you're in heaven, shower you with good times and presents. It's over the top and it will feel like too good to be true. In phase two, the infamous emptiness will creep up on the covert narcissists. More and more they feel empty and detached, and all the fake attention they gave you doesn't make them feel fulfilled. You may look at them and see a sort of outer shell, not knowing what is inside. 
The court narcissist will actually also feel a substantial void themselves. And they will blame it all on you, even though it has everything to do with them. Stage 3 is the roller coaster stage, with all of the ups and down moods. They will have no compassion for you while acting out in anger and mind games. A classic narcissistic trait is an emotional abuse. It's how they exert their control and also how they gain back some attention from you. To a narcissist, any attention will feed their ego. Only they don't get fed in unusual sense. The void just gets fed temporarily. Even though for them to keep going with this relationship, it's almost like they are a cup with many holes at the bottom. They seek temporary attention and effort to fill the cup, but it just runs out at the bottom. They're always to plug up the holes, but they're unwilling to admit that there is an issue because they're better than everyone. In phase four is when they leave you. Eventually, the remote narcissist will get bored and frustrated with the relationship. Deep down, it's all about them and you just frustrating them or not giving them what they need. Actually, no one really can provide all of what they need. So this is the discard phase, where they just leave. Typically, they physically separate themselves and or emotionally. The song, I Loved You, is just about that. She sings about past relationship, which she describes as a roller coaster. She says she cursed his name at night, broke down and came undone. Roller coaster sound familiar? This is all typical stage three of the relationship. She then sings about the new guy, how he's basically perfect, but she has to fake her smile because she's not feeling anything at all. With this new person, she seems to be in stage two. She seeked him out because he was perfect and probably had a great honeymoon phase, but now the infamous emptiness creeps in. One of the most heartbreaking songs on the album is Breathe, and I'm sorry to say I found the way she describes the breakup as narcissistic. It appears to me as though the breakup was initiated by her. It's a typical for the covert narcissist to on the one hand play the victim and on the other hand blame the other person for the damage they suffered by the covert narcissist because they have left them no choice other than to hurt them. So in Breathe, Taylor swings for the former lover that she never wanted this to happen to him, that she never wanted him to hurt, meaning she had no choice and had to break his heart. In one line, she said that there's no one here to save her. And of course the question should be, why save you? Aren't you the one who caused all of this? But here we have the victim complex, that she feels she is the one that needs saving. That's unfortunately it for Fearless. As I said, there wasn't too much narcissism to be found, but I promise you her next albums are gold mines when it comes to fighting court narcissistic traits. Until then.